he appeared to have no act. (laughs) He went in there and winged it? Just winged it and did not do well. It was super blue, which is okay if you're laughing, but like at some points it was just dirty. Like It's not funny, actually. That's just kind of gross, dude. And he knew he was bombing. At one point, he looked at his watch and was like, (laughs) I know... I know it's late. I just got a few more things. (laughs) Dude, you're the comic. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Rolling on this February 29th Leap Day today, comedian Richard Lewis has died. I'm paranoid about everything in my life. Even at home, I, on my stationary bike, I have a rear view mirror, which I'm not thrilled about. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> I have a Richard Lewis story. Oh, yeah? You I worked him? with Richard Lewis. You're like, well, you mean you worked with him? I did. Yeah. So, longtime stand-up comic, movie actor, maybe best known recently for Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. Many mourning the death of comedian and actor Richard Lewis, known for his neuroses-inspired brand of dark humor, in which he often talked about deeply personal things, including therapy and addiction. More recently, he played Larry David's neurotic friend on Curb Your Enthusiasm, the two born three days apart in the same hospital. David saying in a statement, Lewis, quote, had the rare combination of being the funniest person and also the sweetest. But today he made me sob, and for that, I'll never forgive him. Richard Lewis was 76. ABC's Jason Nathanson there. Perfect tribute, Mm -hmm. right? Yep, yep. So Lewis apparently had been battling Parkinson's disease for years. He was in town for an event that I was emceeing 12 years ago. Jewish Community Center. Remember they used to do Laugh It Up Milwaukee? Oh, yeah. Did you ever go to one of those? Like, they'd get... I did not, but they had big stars there. Yeah, Seth Meyers twice, Howie Mandel, a bunch of other big names, and they would ask me to emcee, which I was honored to do, and it was really cool. So I would usually introduce the comic that was part of it, get a chance to talk with them backstage and all that. So Richard Lewis, for the I think it was the second ever event by the JCC. He's in town. Susie Essman, also of Curb Your Enthusiasm fame, she opened. So Richard Lewis did his thing. He bombed. It was horrible. (laughs) It was bad. It was like, and now if you know his stand-up, he kind of, you know, he walks around, his hands are through the hair. He's he's really kind of scattered anyway, but like he, he appeared to have no act. (laughs) He went in there and winged it? Just winged it and did not do well. It was super blue, which is okay if you're laughing, but like at some points it was just dirty. Like, it's not funny actually. That's just kind of gross, dude. And he knew he was bombing. At one point he looked at his watch and was like, I know I know it's late. I just got a few more things. <laughs> Dude, you're the comic. The best part is that he would appreciate you telling this yes. story today. And then what's funny is every other year subsequent to that, I dropped a Richard Lewis joke in my that intro, whoever it. else. And there was a for anybody who was there that night, maybe it was a couple thousand people because that was before it moved over to the Paps Theater or the Riverside we had yeah. it. But it was at the J, so it was a tight tight group that's great but those of us who were in the room together that night we suffered through it together and you're right richard lewis would appreciate that we told that story today dead at the age of 76 i want to blame my parents for practically everything i look after high school i said what should i do i have no idea what i should do and they went well we think you should run away with the circus and that wasn't good for me <laughs> Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Eric Bilstadt and Vince Vetrano. When you are on a roll, you are on a roll. And holy cow, Marquette 
is rolling. Barrel roll. Yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> they sure did. Another blowout win for the Golden Eagles at Feister Forum. This time they beat up on Providence, 91-69. to I laughed at one point the score was 25-4. to All right, game over. Uh, unfortunately, the story to watch today is what happens with star point guard Tyler Kolick. He suffered an oblique injury in the second half. He hurt himself on a pass where he kind of contorted his body. Um, and, and so some type of abdominal injury. That's head coach Shaka Smart there, 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee after the game. That, you don't want to mess with an oblique. That's not something it's that feels It's one of those nag, right? yes. nags and yes. it hangs around. He, and he tried to give it a yeah. go. He hurt himself in the second half left, came back out, tried to do a little bit of work. No, no this ain't working. So hopefully... He's Shut him down for a week, right, yeah. you know. Maybe you need him at the end of the Big East tournament. Maybe. Other college basketball news. UW-Milwaukee survives a late push from IUPUI. Panthers win 75-70. Bucks are on the road tonight. Winners are three straight since the All-Star break. We've got the Hornets again. So a back-to-back-ish, right? Kinda. They were in town. Now we're at their place. 5.30 broadcast time. 6 p.m. tip in Charlotte. The Brewers this afternoon have the Rangers in spring training baseball. Maybe you were excited about it. Maybe you weren't. But you know, like... <laughs> We were trying to make it a big deal. Right, yes. Well, here they come. Right. So Brewers played the Cubs yesterday, and of course, former manager for the Brewers, Craig Council, now with the Cubs. Brewers lost 6-1, to oh, by the way. Manager Pat Murphy on the reunion with Council. When spring training games and spring training records or spring training rivalries, the result is a big thing, let me know, because then we'll alter things. Right now, we're getting guys ready to play 162-game season. That's it. And the fact that Council's coming over, it fills me up inside. It's great, you know, it's great joy. But for a minute, you know what I mean? I, I, I've got a job to do. That, right? <laughs> right. It's spring training, man. And I'm not trying to win the game. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to work guys yeah, out. I'm yep, trying yep. to do this stuff. It's great to see him, but whatever. Actually, it was a pretty cool moment that Dom Catronio caught on tape. He, he got a couple of pictures of Adamus and Counts seeing each other Catching for the first up. time. Yeah, giving each other a big hug. That was kind of neat. Yeah, well, that all ends on Memorial Day yeah, when they come to town. Yeah, no, and the right. game actually counts. 719 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Today is Rare Disease Day. It's a global effort to bring attention to diseases that don't really get much attention because, as the category suggests, they are rare. And yes, they get the joke. It's Leap Day today, right? February 29th. Only comes around once every four years, so it is rare. Important because, you know, if you were a loved one, somebody has cancer. Okay, that sucks, but at least you know what you're dealing with and the battle that you have in front of you. I always say it's it's your mechanic and your doctor, two people who you never want to hear say, hmm, never seen that before. <laughs> no. Right? No. And that is the case for people who battle these rare diseases. Interesting local story and a tasty way you can help today. Jonathan Kowalski is on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline this morning. He's got a family-owned operation on the south side called Component Brewing, and he's also got a son with a rare disease. Morning, Jonathan. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you bet. So let's let's start there. Your son, Mac, well, six years old, right, has something called, is it Milan syndrome? Yep. Mac is six and has a rare disease called Milan syndrome. And tell us tell us about that disease. What What is going on with your son? Um, he is one of about two to 300 in the world that have Milan syndrome. So whenever I tell anybody he has that, I always get a look like, huh, never heard of it. Um, and Milan syndrome comes along with, um, intellectual and physical disabilities. Uh, his eyesight is, um, it affects his eyesight, um, balance, speech, um, 
he sees a lot a lot of specialists at Children's Hospital. I'm trying to put myself back in the days when my kids were young, Jonathan, and you know, kids get sick or things happen, whatever, you take them to the doctor and you expect a diagnosis and here's the fix. What was that process like when you had so many doctors, I, I imagine, at the front end going, we're not really sure what's happening here? Yeah, um, Mac had three brain surgeries before he was one years old. Um, and at that time, doctors didn't know why um, he was having the surgeries. He had um, pressure on his brain, and they had to, to do things to alleviate that. Um, and his diagnosis didn't come until after all of that when he was 18 months old, when we met with the genetics team at Children's. So let's talk about your brewing operation here. Uh, Zebra Hop is tapping today on this rare disease day. Tell us about the beer and, and how you've gotten actually other local brewers to, to step in and help you. Yeah, so um, we've been brewing a beer in honor of Mac and um, everyone with the rare disease for the last uh, five years that we've been open. And this year was the first year I was like, hey, we should uh, see if any other breweries would like to do this with us. Um, so I reached out to a lot of breweries in the area and across the country, um, and the response has been amazing. We have almost 20 different breweries participating. Um, our version is a, a hazy IPA, about 7%. Um, but all the other breweries have done awesome other beers, and they've used advanced brewing techniques to uh, signify or, or, you know, the advances in medical care and research to find for these rare diseases. Uh, it sounds like a great project, and, you, and you're well-supported. And uh, how is Mac today? What's he up to? Um, I should just say hockey, hockey, hockey. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Mac is great. Uh, he loves hockey, and um, he plays for the only uh, special needs hockey team in the area called the uh, Shaw Pirates. Amazing. That's Best great. to you That's and awesome. to him, Jonathan Kowalski. Uh, they're tapping the Zebra Hop at Component Brewing and at places throughout the area. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Thank you. MU rolls, but the player of the year gets hurt. we got sports coming up at 745. Well, more evidence now from the biggest study yet that ultra-processed foods are a health threat. This biggest ever study of 10 million people links ultra-processed foods, or UPFs, to 32 health issues, including heart disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, poor mental health, and early death. And it's not just fast food, sodas and ready meals, sugary cereals and protein bars can also contain UPFs. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. And now the news. (laughs) (laughs) They make up more than half the average U.S. diet. All of the different ultra-processed foods we consume. You know, not for nothing, um, my wife was overseas once, took a trip with her mom and her mom, uh, and her sister to France. And she's, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say she has like a gluten disorder, but she feels better if she doesn't eat gluten. Sure. Right? So that's like one of the things yeah. she deals with. Okay. She said, I went over there, I ate bread and pasta and whatever with impunity. Totally like felt great. Felt great. Zero of the issues that you normally get hmm, even here in the States. So, I mean, like, it's a lot to be said about what we're feeding ourselves in America. Well, and there is something to be said about not even, you know, just feeling sick and feeling good, too. Like, I, I firmly believe a stronger, healthier diet for our kids has kept them from getting sick or having more colds oh, or sure, just right. viruses and just being, you know, blah.
Right. And I feel like they're healthier because of just the food they eat. And that doesn't mean like never give them candy. Oh, right, yeah. Or like, not... no, you can stay away from that cake. You know, like not a prison warden. Just means like, right. <laughs> just means like think about it, right? Yeah. This news report brought to you by Steinhoffels. Visit them at steinhoffels.com. Big news from the U.S. Supreme Court. So the high court decided to consider whether former President Donald Trump is immune from federal prosecution for allegedly trying to overturn the 2020 election. The Trump team has been pushing back on the uh, the, the trial and the, and the indictment that is out that he incited the... Uh, the insurrection on January 6th. And lower courts have already ruled Correct. that, uh, no, he can stand trial. Right, that there is that immunity doesn't hold right. in this case. They want to put their stamp on it. The U.S. Supreme Court wants to weigh in on an incredibly important question. But look, this really is all about the clock. Yeah, so that's ABC chief legal analyst Dan Abrams there. So his point being that it is about the clock because... In order for this trial to actually take place anywhere near the election or before the election, they got to get moving on it. The easiest way to deal with moving it forward would have been to say, as they do in most cases, we're not going to hear it, right? The appellate court has ruled on this. We're going to simply say this is not a case that the Supreme Court is going to weigh in on. And the appellate court decision would have stood against Donald Trump. The court not saying that and then also not moving it quite as quickly as they could have. So this makes that a win for the former president, because the more it's delayed, the more likely it wouldn't happen before the election. So according to Dan Abrams, he, th- he thinks the high court's likely to agree with the lower court ruling against Trump, but this is a win because it's being delayed by so much. So I, I know there are a lot of folks who would like to see a quicker resolution to this, particularly critics of the former president, and without regard to whether you believe the charges are, are warranted or, or not or any of that. I mean, we're talking about January 6, 2021. Things, you know, dating back to fall of 2020. Like, if you're upset about the timeline, prosecution could have moved quicker on That's this. True. You could have had some of these things. So there's a fair amount of pushback as well. If the president is not above the law, he's also not underneath it. And America's desire for a quick resolution to this does not deny any individual their right to due process. Well, he's delaying. Yes, which is his legal right to do. It's a tactic. You may not agree with it. One might argue a patriot would have stepped aside a long time ago. But regardless, you know, as a criminal defendant, he's entitled to this due process. And that takes time. So what happens then if this gets delayed until after November? Or even into November. What are the trials going on during the election? And, and someone speculated that right. today. I saw that. I read that. Like, what if there's an actual jury considering this case as we're nearing or after we're voting in that election? Constitutional crisis. Like, it could set up that scenario. Because does he have a right, if he were to win the election, to just say, hey, now we're done with this. Yeah. Cancel. Well- Right, because it's not going to be Merrick Garland who's the AG anymore, who's in charge of the special prosecutor. So he would pick another AG who then you would think would just squash it. I'm I'm just saying it's probably likely that AG wouldn't continue to support (laughs) the prosecution. 744 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Eric Bilstadt and Vince Vetrano. You know when you want to be playing your best basketball in college? When you get into March. Right. They always say it's not it's not who's the best team necessarily. It's who's hot now. And holy cow, the Marquette Golden the Eagles hot. are hot. 
blowing up Providence. 91-69 was the final at Fiserv Forum. At one point, I've been saying this all morning, the score at one point was 25 to four, Coach. Yeah, the guy's defensive energy early was, was terrific. And, you know, I think putting a, a premium on making the other team miss, um, it, it sounds simple, but... <laughs> Uh, it really, really allows you to start the game Let's well. Coach Shaka Smart on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. After the game, the concern today, and this is something we're going to have to follow, and hopefully it's not too big of a deal. Tyler Kolick, of course, your star point guard for Marquette, hurt, um, has an oblique injury, and those are finicky, so we'll have to see how bad is that, it like is. that, like core? That's in the core, Yeah, right? right the, the, the trunk, I heard uh, the paper reported the as, trunk. across the trunk of your body, if you will. Anyway, he hurt that twisting funny Tried to come back and play through it. Could not do it. Out. So hopefully we'll learn more today if he's got anything significant there. Uh, the time now, I guess, maybe to relax anyway. You guys are doing good. Let's just get... Shut him down. See what happens. <laughs> get in that the, tournament. Uh, yeah. Do you need him. EWM, by the way, survives a late push from IUPUI. The Panthers win 75-70. And Brewers and Rangers have spring training baseball today. Lost to Craig Council and the Cubs on Wednesday. A lot of young prospects making a bid to be part of this team. We got WTMJ's Dom Catronio, host of Brewers Extra Inning, reporting from Arizona. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! Oh, did he put a charge in that, baby? Brewers prospect Tyler Black has already played in a handful of Cactus League games on both sides of the diamond. Mostly a third baseman in the minor leagues, He's also played a few games at first. Honestly, just the big thing for me is staying ready wherever they put me. Um, obviously, I feel most comfortable at third. Played, I think, 100 games or so last year out there. So first, just kind of gaining experience still. I'm starting to feel really good over there. Black spent the majority of the 2023 season shining in Biloxi, the AA Southern League, where a teammate of his kind of stole the headlines, Jackson Churio. But Tyler is happy to finally be on the field again. I think the big thing was staying healthy. Just kind of banged up in 2022, uh, missed a lot of time. So staying healthy, with that comes experience, seeing pitches. So With an on-base percentage over 400 and 55 stolen bases on the year, he brings a variety of tools to his audition to the Brewers infield in 2024. He's really focused, and he's um, he's done the job at every level. He's He's proven that he's he's ready. I'm anxious to see more of him. Reporting from Phoenix, Dominic Catronio, WTMJ. And the Bucks are on the road tonight, winners of three straight since the All-Star break. We've got the Hornets again. It's a 5.30 broadcast time, 6 o'clock tip in Charlotte on your home of the Bucks, 620 WTMJ. Idea man. You know the old saying, look good, feel good, play good. That is taken to heart. Innovative. We go and to surprise our fans and our, uh, as a team, Coach Alvarez gets us these fancy new jerseys that are white crim on the side. Everybody's jacked up. Oh my God, these unis are awesome. They're hip. And Packers Hall of Famer. Colorado beats us by 45 points, and those jerseys never saw the light of day again. <laughs> it's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by fellow windows and doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Mark Tausch here on Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Tausch, typically not a good night in sports if the referee is making the highlight reel. But that that said, there's a particular case that we sort of enjoyed. So let me play something for you, and we'll get your reaction. This is hockey in the NHL, St. Louis Blues and New York Islanders, and there was a controversial goal. I think it was ruled not a goal. Is that right, E? Correct. 
Okay, so that's the and then play. They check it, right? Right, and then they do the they do uh, an instant replay, Tausch, and the ref skates to center ice to make the call. They're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. No, that's the good. The crowd did not like it. Yeah, I I always uh, I think you know the NFL guys. I always was you know a little bit. Uh, skeptical whenever I would know it's Ed Hockley or these guys that have kind of made the deal about them. But with how things are going now, and I actually like it when the NBA officials will come over with the TV broadcast crew and start discussing it and kind of say, we didn't have enough to overturn this. We didn't. I want, I think, and it doesn't matter if it's politics, if it's sports, I think the consumer wants transparency as far as what they're seeing and why it's being done the way it's done. So uh, this guy brought a little bit of personality to it. I typically want my officials to be super bland. I'm not interested right. in all of that. You don't want to know their names. It, I don't, and you don't want to know, you know that they're officiating the game. It just You would hope that it's, okay, the guy's going to do his best job that he can, but in these instances, because I remember, you know, back when the the old videos would come out, and the the one ref there was a roughing the passer, and he said he's giving him the business. Do you remember the ref got up on the announcement and he's, you know, sh- almost <clears throat> acting it out. Personal file. I enjoy a little 69. bit of personality if Offense. you know how it's going to shake out. There it is, right there. The <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Like in in moments and in spurts. You don't want the ref to be the show. I agree, Never. but I, I actually part of me would appreciate a little bit of snark from time to time. <laughs> a little just bit a of little snark. bit, just a little hint. Yeah. A little goes a long way, you, but just a little bit. You, yeah, Eric, you like that as long as it's not a call that goes against your team, <laughs> yeah, well. and then you'll start saying, "Oh, well, yeah, he's a Chicago guy, or yeah, he's from right. Detroit," and so you have to take that all into account. But I. I do think that a little bit of personality, and you see it now, a lot of these officials end up on TV making 3x what they make, and they don't have the same – there's not the same criticism, and that's, I think, a big reason. The NFL lost a bunch of really good refs because they went to TV and started making more money, and then they're circulating through. But what we saw last night, I don't know how you couldn't look at that and say – and laugh and, and kind of think that was fun. Did you know, guys? I mean, there's there's always the the mic'd up videos of of Favre or Rogers, you know, calling refs by their first name on the sidelines. Yeah. Hey, 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 Jerry, keep it fair today. You know what? Did, did you know any of these guys? Did you did you mess with them? Well, you for sure understood. Like we had one ref, he had big goggles. That was uh, I always tried to. <laughs> hey, look we got at goggles the, guy today. Yeah, big goggles guy <laughs> in the back. You try and figure out because again. It sounds crazy. You get through your scouting report of playing the Lions, and you go through all this, and then on Friday you get a scouting report on the officials. Wow. Hey, this crew calls more holding penalties, or you better be careful out on the edge. Uh, when you're playing DB, this group is going to call holding more often than most groups. So you try to get out in front of it, and then – you always want to have conversations with the officials. Like if you're walking back, the official will come up and say, hey, 65, you got to get up on the line of scrimmage more. You know, offensive tackles are always trying to cheat back out of their stance so that it kind of takes that gap away. And then you can, and I'll say, well, yeah, I'm going to, hey, I'm just trying to even it up because you're letting this guy line up offsides. You, you try to play the game with them a little bit so that you'll get calls. 
And what I always appreciated was if a D lineman was trying to hold me, because they're sitting there telling the refs the whole game that we're holding them. And for the most part, they're right. I mean, we are going to hold them. But when they hold us and then we get tackled, I can remember a game up in Detroit on a Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving Thursday. And a play before is my job to get up to that uh, linebacker. The defensive end tackled me, horse collared me, and pulled me. And as he's doing it, I'm kind of looking at the ref and I say, hey, man, this is what he's doing. And literally, we ran the same play the next play, and we got a five yard holding penalty on the defense, automatic first down. And it's because you have that little dialogue with the officials. So don't be a jerk. Yelling at people, does it ever get you what you really want? Now, usually a little, what's the old saying? Uh, you throw a little sugar at somebody, you attract more mm-hmm. ants. More, I don't, right. uh, more flies with honey than with vinegar. There you go. Yeah. I, need, I knew you'd help me out, Vinny. I was trying to figure something. Ants, honey, <laughs> vinegar. Kind of bug. You know the whole deal. Full of honey this morning, Tosh. Thanks, my friend.